Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. This is one of my favorite clips in um, in, in the Star Wars trilogy, the, the, the original trilogy, you know, the, the one that really matters if you ask me. But Yoda is right. There is something we have to, sometimes we have to learn what we have unlearned, or unlearn what we have learned. And that we must do or do not, there really is no try. Yoda's challenge to Luke is a great reminder for us in our walk of faith. That sometimes we need to open up ourselves and, and, and maybe really look at what it is we really believe and, and look at the Gospels and, and, and open ourselves up to what they really may say because sometimes we have this feeling and notion we understand and know what the Gospels say and we've totally missed the mark. How often has it been that when you've read through the scriptures, you're reading the scripture and you read, you know, something that you read since you were a little kid when you're able to read when the Sunday school teacher uh, had the nice felt things going up on the felt board, that you remember the story, but then when you read it as an adult, it speaks a different truth to you. That's why this is the living word. This is the word of God is something that, that continues to transform and shape us and move us as we read through it. And it's something that it's, it doesn't stay stagnant. And if our faith doesn't change from when we're a little kid to, to a broader horizon, to a deeper understanding of who God is and how God works in this world, then we're not really living a life of following Jesus. Jesus challenged uh, how people how to live. He, he, he motivated them and pushed them to, to broaden their horizons and maybe look at Scripture a little bit differently and open their eyes to what it could actually really mean. So for the next eight weeks, we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Mark, and I want to encourage you to, to dig deep in it. I'm only asking you to read two chapters a week, so you're not that far behind. You're only two chapters behind. If you haven't read it, if you've stayed on top of your reading, good for you. Put yourself a little gold star next to your week and, and move on and move forward. But I hope that as we dive into this gospel, that it opens your eyes a little bit more to who this guy named Jesus was on earth. And I think when we open ourselves up to that, we will have to unlearn some things that we had learned. And we'll also have to try some new things. And so let's open up ourselves to, to and, I, and I love, before I get into the reading, there's this really great line for Donald, from a, a biblical scholar named Donald Jewell. He says, for us, as for Mark, the cross ought to be a sober reminder how easily the most noble motives can be perverted. It points out how quickly an institution can become an end in itself, stifling legitimate concerns for those outside that many seem to threaten stability. It illustrates how frequently inside forces we scarcely notice can translate the best educated, the best intention among us into insensitive leaders desperately out of touch for what is real. I like that last little line. How we as leaders and, and people of the faith can sometimes be out of touch for what is real. And I'll add to that that the Gospel of Mark calls us out onto the margins of the page. 
for Mark, the people are out. They're not in. And so as we dive into the scripture reading today, I want you to listen and hear maybe something you haven't heard before. So will you join with me on uh, for the gospel reading of Mark, chapter 2, verses 23 through 3, 6. Listen to these words. Jesus went through the wheat fields on the Sabbath. As the disciples made their way, they were picking the heads of the wheat. The Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the Sabbath law? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read what David did when he was in need, when he and those with him were hungry? During the time when Abernathy was high priest, David went into God's house and ate the bread of the presence, which was only for the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave the bread to those who were with him. Then he said, The Sabbath was created for humans. Humans weren't created for the Sabbath. This is why the Son of Man is the Lord, even over the Sabbath. Jesus returned to the synagogue. A man with a withered hand was there waiting to bring charges against, wanting to bring charges against Jesus. They were watching closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. He said to the man with the withered hand, Step up where people can see you. Then he said to them, Is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they said nothing. Looking around at them with anger, deeply grieved at their unyielding hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And so he did, and his hand was made healthy. At that, the Pharisees got together with the supporters of Herod to plan how to destroy Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There's some things to, to look at in the scripture reading today. First off, the Pharisees. The Pharisees are, are so caught up on the, on the fundamental practice of the law that they forget what's really happening here. They're looking around, searching for, for, for you know, a way to trip this leader up, this teacher, this guy who was teaching about living out the faith. They were looking for that one thing to say, gotcha, this is it. He can't be a teacher anymore. Let's take care of him. They, they were looking for that way, and, and when they pointed out to him about the Sabbath, Jesus did the great scriptural thing. He pointed them to David, and he said, look what David did. David ate something that he wasn't supposed to. And so he tries to broaden their perspective. And he asks this question, is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? And, and, and when he asks that question, he puts the Pharisees in a, in, a, in a difficult position. How do we respond to the faith? Do we get so caught up in the rules and regulations that, that we forget about the goodness of the gospel and God's love for us and care for us? That we don't allow people to eat who are hungry? That we, that we create barriers for people not to be able to be a part of the community of God? Or do we say, you know, they, they need to eat. Or that man's hand, it needed to be healed. What a good time to do it when you've got a healer right there. Not only that, the ultimate healer. What a great message to say. 
I think far too often in churches, we get caught in the law too much. And we forget about grace and God's love for us. I think far too often, we, and I'm reminded of this story, and it's part of the reason why I'm dressed like I am today. Um, that, and you know, if you wear a robe in June and July, man, it's miserable. <laughs> and so when Shanna asked me, you know, hey, you know, in June and July, can, can we go, you know, a little bit more casual? Can we not wear the robes? I looked at the temperature on Sunday and said, Probably wouldn't hurt. Although the people at the health check probably said I need to sweat a little more to lose a little bit more weight. But I was reminded of this story. I was sitting on the porch with my mom and, and I was getting ready to go to church and, and waiting on the uh, pastor's daughter would, would pick me up and take me to church every Sunday. And I was sitting there waiting with my mom and, and I was dressed how I went to church. I was dressed in a nice plaid shirt that I wore every Sunday. It was nice. It had a collar. It buttoned down. And I was in shorts. It was summertime. I was sitting there in my, in my button-down shirt looking all nice and ready to go to church. And, and I'll never forget my mom as I was running towards Elizabeth's car. And she stopped me and said, Matt, you're wearing that to church. I said, wearing what? I thought, did I have something on me? Like, did I sneeze? Or like, was there something on me that I didn't realize? Because you know that happens with, with people. That, that's probably happened to you a couple of times. Maybe you spilled your coffee in your lap and you had to go change. I thought maybe I had, maybe there's something wrong with my shirt. I looked there and said, I, I'm wearing what I always wear to church. You've never said anything before, but she said, you're wearing shorts to church. And I looked at her with a big grin, and with all the love in my heart, I said, Mom, at least I'm going to church. And I got in the car, and I went to church. Sometimes those things we allow that we think we're doing good things can be huge stumbling blocks for others. I always give my dad a hard time uh, when we were out in Calumet. Dad, uh, you have to understand, like, no one wore a tie at that church. A lot of times the men were coming out from the field to be at worship that Sunday morning. So it was just nice if they dusted off themselves before they came into worship. And I'll never forget, every Sunday my dad would show up. And I was glad that they were in town and they were with us. And, and, I, and I let him know that. I said, Dad, could you at least take off the suit and tie? Could you take off the tie and, and, and maybe take off the jacket? You're dressed better than the pastor. I said, you look a little out of place. Come and join our community. And he quickly reminded that, that he was brought up that you wear your Sunday best. And I said, that's great, Dad, and I, and I want you to be there. But I also want you to be comfortable. Because, man, he did not look comfortable in that suit and tie out in our small little congregation out in western Oklahoma where the air conditioner only blew in a jet stream. And if you didn't sit in the jet stream, you sweated like crazy. I didn't want that to be a barrier for him or a health issue. I think far too often we have these rules and regulations that, that cause us to trip up and not to realize how often it is we can be like the Pharisees seeking for that moment to say, gotcha, you're not following the rules, I gotcha, you're, you're not doing that. And I struggle with that. Sometimes we have to be a Pharisee. I, I don't I want to say that sometimes the, that we should just throw out the rule book. And No, I, I, I'm a man of the book, and, and I think there's sometimes where we have to have rules and regulations, and we have to follow them. 
Sometimes it's painful to follow them. But sometimes, if it causes a barrier to stumble, like these Pharisees were, were nitpicking at the disciples who were just hungry. Have you ever walked a long distance and not been hungry? I mean, these guys were hungry. They were walking on the Sabbath. They were moving on to their next destination. And all they wanted was just a little snack. And yet the Pharisees were willing to call them out. Sometimes we need to be like Jesus. Sometimes we need, to be remind, we need to remind people of the law and remind people of what it means to live in God's way and broaden that horizon a little bit. Jesus broadens these Pharisees' horizon, even though, and I love this line, verse 5, looking around at them with anger, deeply grieved at their unyielding hearts, he said to them, he said to the man, Jesus was grieved that these Pharisees had hardened hearts and they weren't willing to open themselves up a little bit and to experience God's grace and love. And Jesus challenges their view on the Sabbath. Do you know what the commandment of the Sabbath says? Do you know what Deuteronomy uh, 5, 12 through 15 says? Does anybody know it all from memory? Anybody? So what it says is it says, keep the Sabbath day and treat it as holy, exactly as the Lord your God commanded. Six days you may work and do all your task, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Don't do any work on it, not you, your sons or your daughters, your male or your female servants, your oxen or your donkeys, or any of your animals or the immigrant who is living among you, so that your male and female servants can rest just like you. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. It's not just about taking a day off. It's about being reminded of God's liberating power. Because sometimes our jobs can feel like we're in slavery. Sometimes our jobs drag us down and, 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 and we need that Sabbath rest. And, and, you know, Western culture took it a day and. So most of you get two days off. You get the weekend off. That's slowly dying out in our culture of always working. The Western idea of always working is killing us, not only spiritually, but, or not only physically and emotionally, but spiritually. Think about it today, because what are you going to go do after, after worship? You're probably going to go eat somewhere. Someone is working a minimum wage to, to serve you and to take care of you. I wonder how they do Sabbath. I wonder how they take care of themselves and, and how they reorient themselves to God. And, and, and think about that today as you're sitting there uh, being served by someone. Why not be a good Christian and take care of them and, and, and tip them right? You know, I worked, on, I worked at Brahms uh, for a couple of months when I was in high school. It was about three months I worked at Brahms. Uh, I took a leave of absence and I have never gone back. Um, <laughs> I had to have shoulder surgery, and so I took a leave of absence, and I got a better job and never went back to say I quit. So I guess I still am on leave of absence. But I hated working Sundays. 
because the worst customers I ever had were Christians. You know how I knew they were Christians? They were dressed and acting and talking about church coming into Brahms, and then just their attitude and the way they treated me. I mean, I had one woman just flat out yell at me and say things that I wouldn't say to a pastor. And she went to church. She had her church shirt on. It was a church VBS shirt. Do you think that's being a good witness? We are called to be good witnesses. We're called to show God's love and grace. And, and as we live into this idea of Sabbath living, it's to help people. I think it's to help people reorient their lives. And so what a better way of doing it than someone who's serving you on a Sunday because probably you're going to go eat, you'll take your nice Sunday nap, and then you'll probably go to Walmart and do some shopping in the afternoon because that's what people tend to do on Sundays is they take care of themselves and their families. There's nothing wrong with that. You all obviously come to worship, so you're working on that centering your relationship on God thing. And that's part of Sabbath. But the, the, the main part of Sabbath, and I love how Matt Skinner phrases this, the proper function of Sabbath is to promote life and God as the liberator. How you share that matters. How we share our faith matters. Jesus goes about it in a, in a loving and caring way, even though he knows the Pharisees are wrong. And I think he challenges us today to wake up, not to be afraid of the Sabbath, to take some time. And, and it may not even be Sunday. You may not have the time on Sunday to do that. But, but, but spend some dedicated time with God in prayer. When we open ourselves up to this kind of Sabbath, it changes our way of thinking. It awakes us up. It calls us to be healed. If you notice, Jesus never really does any kind of healing he just says hey stretch out your hand and the guy follows because he has faith in this man and 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 he just stretches out his hand and he's healed i think the invitation to discipleship is that easy jesus is saying hey come and join us and all you have to do is be willing to learn and to grow and to stretch out that hand and say yes i'm willing to do this and so this week i challenge you to open yourself up a little more. To pay attention to the gospel reading. And listen to how these words can touch and shape and change our hearts. Because we never know how when we open ourselves up to God and the Sabbath that God gives us, how we can re-energize ourselves. There's a long-distance runner who was Kenyan-born, but he became a U.S. citizen. He was a four-time Olympian. He owns seven American records from the 15,000 to the 5,000 meters. In 2012, at the London Olympics, he finished fourth in the 5,000 meters. Although long-distance running is hard on the joints and muscles, this 37-year-old shows no signs of slowing down. But even in the midst of his rigorous training schedule, every fall... He does something completely foreign to all the elite Olympic runners. He takes a five-week break. He takes five weeks off to, to spend time with the son and coach his son's soccer team. There's, there's no running, no sit-ups, no heavy lifting, except for a fork when he eats because he gorges himself during that five weeks because he's not training. 
His running coach, Paul Thompson, claims that this approach for this runner is unique. In the United States, the runners are are obsessive about not letting go of their training. But this runner stands by his need for sustained rest. And the runner reflected, he said, that every every athlete is different, but his schedule has been very effective. My runs are very hard, he said. Everything I do is hard, but the body is tired. You're not a machine. Rest is a good thing. So I want to encourage you to take your Sabbath and make it holy. And don't let up the rules of what happens and what doesn't happen on the Sabbath trip you up, but open yourself up to how God can be at work. Because when you stretch out your hand and you reach out towards God, God will take care of you. And if you believe that, this gospel will awaken in your life and change you in a way that God is calling you to be yourself. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed